I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WTIC's Computer Talk with Tab is brought to you by GoNetSpeed, your choice for crazy fast fiber internet. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And Dennis is our new co-host here, coming in and helping me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Dennis is Dennis Halnon. He's one of the engineers at Tab. And he comes me out, comes out and helps me with you guys. And uh, we're happy to have him here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's get to our normal, usual, and customary issues of the day when it comes to technology there. Dennis, and you got a, an article you want to bring up that even was brought up during the news. Uh, Daniela Densat was talking about this issue. It's a big issue. It is huge. Uh, this is a bleeping computer article about that Kaseya attack. Yeah. Um, the uh, It appears to be a supply-side attack similar to what was done with SolarWinds Orion software. Right. And the attackers just got control of the software directly, and they were able to deliver uh, ransomware to right. computers all around the world with that were connected with any of the MSPs that they could get control of. Right. So let me help with with some uh, definitions here. MSPs, managed service providers. MSPs are folks who rent to you this software on your system to quote unquote manage it, and basically they sit back and let the tool do all the work. Um, and it actually is supposed to do updates and keep things kind of running smoothly. And Russian, this is a Russian gang again. It was the Revil gang. Yes, yeah. R-E-V-I-L. And they used Kaseya to deliver this ransomware to folks who are using you know, that tool as their managed service provider tool. So if your managed service provider here in Connecticut uses Kaseya, you may have a big issue um, or you're already dealing with it. I feel bad for those folks out there today and this next weekend and the week who are going to have to deal with encrypted systems that were encrypted by Kaseya because of a flaw in the software. They didn't. They didn't go around two-factor authentication. They didn't get around anything. They injected it into the software as a flaw. Correct. And they took advantage of it and wrote into all those computers. Right. So and the article that I've got kind of explains how it was delivered and how it ran. Right. Um, and it's a pretty interesting insight into how it was done. Right. And it was very clever. Thousands of systems already have been impacted um, thanks to this, again, managed services tool. Uh, so, you know, it's, 
you don't wish this on anybody as far as uh, I, I just feel bad for the companies out there that use this tool and are now having to deal with the fallout of this. But again, our president went to Vlad just just a couple weeks ago and said, hey, Vlad, stop attacking our our uh, businesses. And I guess he didn't get the message because here we are. Oh, yeah. What's the response going to be, you wonder? I mean, I'm getting a little tired of this stop it, Vlad type of response. I, I, I don't know about you, but we got some pretty good hackers here in America. I mean, oh, I think yes. a simple email in Russian to Vlad's house <laughs> might be a good place to start uh, <laughs> because, I mean, this is getting ridiculous. Um, I mean, this is this is awful. And if it's starting, if it's if it literally makes WTIC news, uh, IT usually related issues like this go on. You know, nobody really pays attention to it. This That's right. It's trade news, not public news. But yeah. That it it's did, obviously public. Because they're probably have to be thousands of customers that were affected. Yeah. It's, so a managed services tool like this, you know, the companies are renting this software to their clients for we've seen anywhere from ten to twenty five to thirty bucks a month per system, uh, so that they can quote unquote say they're managing your stuff. And again, the tool does all the work. Um, it does all the updates and all the management. I mean it's the companies aren't really doing anything. Um, and then now in this case it was leveraged to damage your business. Um, and again, it's a Russian gang. And, and that's part of the weakness. The MSPs yeah. depend on this software to just work. Right. They don't touch it. They don't interact with it. Right. They, they just, just collect fees. let it go. <laughs> collect fees they for collect it. their money, right. and it goes. And sometimes they are just not aware of what's happening until it's too late. Right. So just, just think of like... Uh, I was trying to think of an analogy or even a movie where you just start pulling the the wires out as fast as you can, uh, because basically the the alert went out. You know, turn off your cloud Kaseya servers, turn off all your local. I mean, they just said pull the plug as fast as you could. And I'm trying to I, I can picture all sorts of movie instances where people are like pulling plugs real quick to, just I mean, it, it's just got to be crazy for those folks who are using Kaseya. And I feel for you guys out there. Trust me, I I, I don't we don't revel in this at all. But no. it is the tool. That you've been renting to your clients uh, as your as an MSP. It is the it is the M in MSP um, that is actually causing this issue. So it's just something to be aware of out there. In other news, Windows 11. Oh yes, Ever- the the operating system that was going to be the last one ever, Windows 10, is going to have a successor. Right. And everyone was like, huh? What? I, I thought Windows 10 was the last one. But I guess if you look back at the announcement of Windows 10, it always said it was going to have an end of life of 2025. In retrospect, yes. Isn't that interesting? It is. So again, some marketing folks there had some clever approaches to Windows 10. And I, we know even clients out there today, you know, we support a lot of businesses and a lot of systems. We still can't get some of them to even get rid of their Windows 7, which has been end of life for how many years, Dennis? Uh, we, well, a year and a half. At least. Yeah. And uh, they're saying, well, you know, Eric, if, if I put a new system in, is it going to be Windows 11 compatible? Well, funny they should ask me that question. That, so back, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Back, back when this show started, 25 years ago and a, a lot more hair ago, um, we, Microsoft paid the Rolling Stones $3 million for a song called Start Me Up, right? The new start button of Windows and st- check out this great new Windows 95. And then they had 95A, B, C, E. It was a big mess. Um, now... Windows 11 arrived. Everyone's like, huh, what? And then there's a tool that comes out for Windows 11 that you can actually run to see if your system's compatible, right? That tool comes out, you run it, and what what was happening with that tool early on, Dennis? 
Well, it was giving inaccurate results. It <laughs> was course. telling people that they could upgrade when maybe they wouldn't be able to or that they wouldn't be able to upgrade when maybe they could. Right. Only because of a simple switch. Uh-huh. So the, the tool was so bad that literally a week after Microsoft released the tool, they pulled it back. Because that exact thing happened, right? You ran the tool. It said you weren't compatible. They didn't tell you why you weren't compatible. Right. It just says yes or no, pretty much. And it had to do with TPM, for the most part, right. as far as why your system wouldn't be compatible. So any any kind of system that is eighth generation and older is probably not going to be compatible. But if you were ninth generation and future further, it, you, all you had to do in most cases was flip on the TPM technology within your within your BIOS, within your CPU, and boop, you're compatible. But, my, but Microsoft, of course, screwed that up. I know. I mean, they could have <laughs> provided directions to people in this tool, and they didn't. And I don't even think they've restored it yet. Have they? they have not. No. Um, They're so, still sitting on it now. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, the, the kind of the, what we're trying to make a point on here is, in Windows 95, $3 million, start me up, here, here we go. It is now the year 2021, <laughs> and they can't run an app they can't even create an app for a brand new program that works. <laughs> I, it's, it's Microsoft. It's, we would be we're laughing, but we're crying inside, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because you and I have to deal with this every day. Correct. This is this is the kind of thing that we run into as technicians. Right. Every single day, you you find out that Microsoft will do something, but then oh, maybe they won't. Or you look at an article somewhere, and then it conflicts with another, which is what happened here. Yeah. Do you have any more details on that conflict? I do. I have an article from, uh, again, I believe it is Bleeping Computer. No, it's from Gizmodo. Nice. It's Gizmodo. Yeah. And it goes over the it goes over the details of that confusion. Right. And the one thing that I noticed about this Mm -hmm. is. That one of the requirements for Windows 11 is that you have a TPM that stands for Trusted Platform Module mm-hmm. 2.0. Right. 2.0, Those, not 1.0. Not 1.0 <laughs> or 1. 1.2, ah, which yes. was very common for a long time, but yep. 2.0. Right. 2.0 came out in 2016 right. and it started to be released in a lot of machines following that. Right. That was just about when Windows 10 itself was released. Right. This means. That all of those Windows 7 computers out there that people upgraded to Windows 10, right? that's as far as you're going. And again, this is back to planned obsolescence by the folks at Microsoft. And, and again, I would, I would contend they collude with the manufacturers. I mean, in the, when we started the practice of, you know, at Tab 35, you know, f- almost 40 years ago, again, we're advocates for our clients. We're not advocates for Microsoft. We want our clients to have the best products and applications and operating systems to run their systems. We use products like Novell. We use products like OS2 uh, from IBM. Microsoft comes in and gives it away for free, and guess who's going to win? Microsoft. Of course. I mean, they figured it out. Uh, give it away for free and then charge them later, which is now now they figured out once they've given it away for free, since back way back when, they're now renting Word to you. You're, we're to the point where they're Isn't renting that Word. interesting, Eric? <laughs> and now you're, everybody's on their train, right. and the train is sometimes going off the tracks, a like tr- happened back in March. A trillion-dollar train, trillion-dollar company, and they can't get the tool to tell you whether or not your computer is compatible with the new version right. That should be the most telling, stark commentary on, on Microsoft and where, where they're going and what's been happening. And we as technicians are just... I mean, Dennis is more of a technician than me these days, uh, are just tired of it, right? Because an update yeah. comes down the pike, 
and the clients can't print. An update comes down the pike and exchange is broken. Oh, and speaking of printing yeah. in Windows, yeah. there it turns out to be a, a vulnerability yeah. in Windows, well, in all Windows, but apparently it's more of a problem with servers. Windows print spooler, right? And it's the print spooler. This is the thing that takes a print job from your program, like Word or whatever you're using, yeah. and then it sends it out to the printer, wherever it is, on the your right computer format. or... Right, or over the network, and it handles it in the background so that you can keep doing whatever you're doing right. while that print job is being generated. Well, there's a vulnerability in that. And guess what the solution is, Eric? I don't know that one, Dennis. What is Turn it? Turn off your print score. <laughs> no, no print for you. Thank you, Microsoft. And, oh, well, we'll uh, patch it. Yeah. But there's no word about the patch coming out right. when so you, it will be there. So Nothing. you either choose not to print, or you leave the vulnerability active until it's fixed. Now, in the case, if you remember, back in March, we had that massive exchange vulnerability that was found in in January. And, of course, the folks that found it somehow blabbed and it was found out by the bad guys. And by March, the bad guys were leveraging that vulnerability. Here we have one that we know about, and the only solution would be to tell you to stop printing. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I, I just, you know, it's it's... I know. I, I, I don't even know what to say anymore sometimes. That's why we're here, Dennis. And we're here till 11 <laughs> o'clock on this, on this holiday weekend uh, celebrating Independence uh, Day. So feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about will be posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. And we're broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. We will be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online on this 4th of July weekend, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And we're going to get right to your calls this morning because uh, you're nice to call in. we got Mark from Yorktown. Mark, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, sir. What can we do for you? Hey, uh, welcome, uh, Dennis. I'm an old fan of listening to Computer Talk, so welcome aboard. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I have uh, trouble with my wireless router. It's a Netgear uh, Nighthawk AC1900. It's about five and a half, six years old. All right. And it works fine on the uh, Ethernet connector. I get everything I'm supposed to from my Internet provider. 5G works very good. I get about 80 uh, megabits on that one. But when I go to 2.4 for an older computer I have, extremely poor. only get 5 to 10 megabits. And uh, I would like to know whether or not I can improve that 2.4. If I, you can, how do I do that? And uh, my, uh, I have a two-story house here, you know, bedroom upstairs, and uh, it's I use a 2.4. My wife does anyway, so watch Facebook at night. So and she's complaining that it breaks up on her every now and then. So what can cause that 2.4 not to work very well? Well, it's actually designed to be slow. Um, I'm trying to look up the actual speed. You know it off the top of your head, Dennis? It, you may be getting the speed ceiling on that, yeah. depending on what it is. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions about the router. Sure. Is it positioned below or above where it's transmitting to? It's uh, up on top. I have a bookcase here, and it's about my height. I stand six foot tall, and okay. it's, that's where it is. So All right. Well, uh, as, a, as a rule, Wi-Fi likes to go down rather than up. So I think you've got that covered. Uh, the other question I have is, have you uh, updated the firmware in that router? 
recently? I, uh, I have not. I've been having trouble with uh, getting on to update the uh, firmware. That oh. I have not done. It works fine on 5 uh, the gigahertz band. It works very well on that, no matter where I am in the house. And, right. Uh, so uh, it's about uh, six years old. The, the router's about six years old, and yeah. I understand that once you get over the five-year period, maybe time to get a new one. Well, yeah, and part of what you're dealing with is the radio transmission, and the radio parts have a transformer in there, and some of those parts can actually electronically degrade over time. Mm-hmm. So you may have that. The one thing that I would suggest, well, first of all, you may wind up wanting to replace the router. Yeah. Um, the second thing, before you do that, make at least an attempt to update the firmware mm-hmm. and see if that improves it. Because if, if there's uh, a flaw in the hardware or in the firmware that might be kind of sandbagging that 2.4 gigahertz traffic, uh, Netgear may have fixed that in a subsequent firmware update. And it might perform better if you can get that installed on it. I can't guarantee it. It's just worth trying because it's free, right? And you may as well give it a shot before you go out and get a new router. And which, yeah, if I have to get a new router, which one would you uh, recommend? The house is about twenty-eight hundred square feet. I like the Linksys brand. Um, that's my preference. Um, I've had good luck with it. It's a list Linksys Cisco brands that are out there. You can find all sorts of versions out there that are within a three hundred dollar range. It'll give you a good six years. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, at my house, I have a Netgear Nighthawk, and I like it, too. Yep. Uh, I have one that's the same model as yours. It's just more recent, right. and, and I love it. And just so you guys are curious out there, 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi should be around 450 megabits in ideal conditions, according to what I'm reading right here. I couldn't remember it. Well, yeah, but effective traffic. Yes. Yeah. But I think to your point, I think it's degrading. So I think, yeah. Mark, try to do the service, the uh, the update firmware, like Dennis said. And if that doesn't solve anything, go ahead and get out, get a new machine. I'm sure, I'm sure your wife would appreciate it. Yeah, I think she would. All right, Mark, we gotta let you go. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock, so stick around. All the lines are jammed up on this uh, Saturday morning. We do appreciate that very much. Otherwise, Dennis and I would be talking about our kids and our cats. And you don't want that. No. I do, but you don't. <laughs> Dennis is the responsible for half the cat videos on on YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So let's get to your calls. We're going to go to, uh, where are we going? Ed and Simsbury next. What's happening, Ed? Hi, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Our I pleasure. have a, a computer with an i7, 8 gig of RAM, and I made a purchase on the Microsoft Store for Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Mm-hmm. And the purchase went through, and it says that it's ready to install. All right. But I get this very curious error message when I go to install it that says, try again later. Something happened on our end. <laughs> oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, and, and your only choice is to click the close button. Right, so you're worried if your transaction is not really there. Do they send you any kind of receipt? Well, I see it on the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> they are able to do that perfectly, huh, Ed? Oh, that happens really fast. Yeah, right. oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's see what we can do. Um, yeah. If anything. The only other thing, I mean, there's a million things that it suggests when I Googled it, but the basic one of resetting the Microsoft Store cache of WS Reset, I tried, but 
same result. Well, they there is something called the Windows Store Apps Troubleshooter <laughs> that is built into Windows. You know you're in trouble when they can't get the store right. <laughs> right. Um, right. What you can do is open up the Windows 10 settings and uh, go into Troubleshoot. Do I go in through settings within the Microsoft Store? No. What you're going to do is uh, hit Windows I on your keyboard, and it will open up the Windows 10 settings. Yep. Now, um, if you click on Update and Security, yep, you're going to go over to the left, and right in the middle of that list should be Troubleshoot. Yes. And when you click that, it will load some troubleshooters that might be available. Uh, if you don't see any listed, there's a little link called Additional Troubleshooters. Right, there's a whole pile of them here. All right, well, <laughs> yeah. some people open that and they don't see any, which, oh. I mean, that's effective. Yeah, very You know, show me nothing. Fix me, fix uh, me. Now, I see Windows Store apps, troubleshoot yes, programs that will prevent. You want to run that. And it will do... it. One of the things that it can do is that reset that you were talking about, but it can do other things, too. So right. it might be worth giving that a shot. And the, uh, the ironic thing, Ed, is that they know something went wrong. They know they have troubleshooters, yet they don't tell you. So you, so you had to call a 50,000-watt radio station in Hartford, right. Connecticut, for us to tell you where Microsoft's store troubleshooters app is, rather than the store. Like if you went up to, the, if we went up to GameStop in the old days and said, I wanted to buy a CD, and they said, well, I can't, they can't process it because I can't process it. You talk to a person, and they, they couldn't give you the CD. Microsoft knows they can't process it. They have tools, and they're sorry they don't know how to tell you how to fix it. That's just mind-blowing to me. There's just no reason that they couldn't have included a link, a link to, to that right. that would launch that troubleshooter for you. Correct. Right. Let, they so should I say, ran, let us fix I it. The, I ran the troubleshooter just now. Okay. And it said, problems found, service registration is missing or corrupt, fixed. I've got a green check mark. Hey. All right. It may have actually accomplished something. That's great. My, no. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Should I you know, completely reboot, or should I just try to download it? sounds it? like a service was changed, mm -hmm. so my suggestion would be to reboot. Yeah, fair enough. They should have also told you that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it it right. might not actually be necessary. Correct. But it's just my rule of thumb. A little instruction would be nice. We fixed it. They should say, okay, now go ahead and use the tool you just paid for that we were happily billing you for. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's a store, why not have a chat? Person. Oh, wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be great to actually, you know, provide service to customers? Yeah. I would tell you that, I mean, the, the Google chat really works. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've used that a couple times, and I think I've talked about it on the air with dealing with uh, a Chromecast that, for some specific reason, wouldn't work with a specific router, and they knew about it. I was able to chat with those folks, and they instantly realized the issue. And right. Microsoft, a trillion-dollar company, they don't have any folks to talk to. I know. No. Right. Well, we're a long way from when you could call WordPerfect's uh, customer service in Utah, and they'd have music on hold. And, yeah. and they, they would solve any problem on your computer right. at all? Absolutely, they would. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we are, we are a long way from that. Now you can't even get a link to tell you what's broken when they know it's broken. Something went wrong. We're not, we're not going to tell you. They're even nice enough to admit that it could be on their end, and they still don't do anything for you. <laughs> That's where we are, Ed. I'll, I'll reboot and try again. Thanks again. Yeah. You're welcome, sir. Do that. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Okay.
All right, so we've helped Microsoft deliver Flight Simulator to a customer for them. Amazing. <laughs> Happy to be of help. Let's go on to uh, Joe in uh, Berlin next. What's happening, Joe? Good morning. Morning. Uh, the second attempt to try to uh, kick uh, Comcast out. Second attempt, okay. Uh, what it is is I've got two programs that uh, I can only find on Xfinity. Uh, one of them, I, I got uh, the uh, Shield TV and was able to get that working. So you bought the NVIDIA Shield box? Yeah. Nice. Are you just as cranky as I am about the new commercials they're slapping in front of you now? I don't know yet. All <laughs> I right. just have, I'm just still getting it hooked up and okay. stuff. Okay. But what it is is there's the two programs that I want, they play uh, live at 4.30 in the morning. Okay. They don't have a streaming, uh, the video that I could record, so I don't know. Can you... Uh, Which streaming service are you using, Joe? I mean, like YouTube TV has like seventy-five channels, right? Is, and it's not the what what I want is not on YouTube TV. Which where is it? Do you know where it's located? Uh, it's uh, well, Trinity Broadcasting. Uh, I was able to download that. All right, and and got it onto the uh, Shield. Yeah, uh, but I still can't get the program. Unless I get up at four thirty in the morning. Oh, so there's no way to, they don't offer any kind of DVR function the way YouTube does. No. Well, that's yes. Yeah, so there is a snag there, right? Uh, the Shield, their Shield may have a DVR app that I'm not aware of. I would have to look it up because I've never used it. Um, so you could, there might be a way to DVR at third party. Um, or is there a way that you can uh, run the program on on the computer? Yes, you you most often you can run these types of streaming services on your computer as well. Depends on the service. Like a Trinity, you said it's Trinity Broadcasting. They may have a, a, a way for you to run it on the computer. Yeah, uh, you can... Uh, uh, I've seen programs, and when I pull it up on my PC, I can see them yep. there. Yeah. But then how do you record on the computer? So again, third-party app has to be watching what you're watching and then record it onto a, onto a file. Uh, just the way the old TiVo DVRs did, right? They right, would yeah. they would actually record what you're watching, whereas YouTube doesn't do that. They just have the program available because they're delivering it to you already in digital format. Right. They they've that. held on to it, and then you can pick it up on demand later. Yeah. yeah. So you right. ha- have to find a third party app to actually re- record what you're watching on your computer. It's going to be a Rube Goldberg approach to TV here, though, Joe. Right. I know. <laughs> 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 you know that uh, that's the only reason we stayed with Comcast because these two particular programs. Right. So yeah. what you need to do is maybe reach out. So this is again how this works. This is kind of how 365 works with Microsoft. They want one little thing for you that you want, and they give you the kitchen sink, and you can't get rid of that one little thing. You still pay for the whole sh- the whole shooting match. Same thing with right. Infinity. They're like, hey, I've got this one show. Like I can't watch um, Red Sox baseball anymore because uh, YouTube doesn't have a deal with Nesson. Um, I miss watching Red Sox baseball, but I can watch something else. Um, so, I mean, you may want to reach out to the folks that you're you're looking to to watch and ask them if they have an alternative for you. They might. Okay. I mean, if it's so yeah, obscure. Is, 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 I was just wondering how I could uh, 
Uh, well, we can look up some DVR, um, some PC-based DVRs for you during a break. We'll try to find that for you, Joe, and post it over at okay. Peter Talk if uh, we can oh, find that, it. But, that, that, that's what I appreciate. Yeah. I, oh, one other thing. Yeah. What's the difference between the the regular Shield and the Pro? So the one the one you bought probably was the uh, the higher end version. I hope it has better. It handles the uh, the sound better. I contend. Um, so if you're going to spend money on streaming, you want the best device for it. And I would contend the Shield is the premium device to actually have streaming. And I think it handles um, Dolby sound. So if you've got a good receiver in your um, home, it'll yeah. actually process that data better. Uh, or at the top end, as far as I'm concerned, that's what I've I've read. Yeah, well, there's there's just two versions of yes. the shield. One was around 115. The other one's around 190. Yeah. What's the difference between those two? Again, I think it's processing. It's how it processes the sound through Dolby and all that. I think is the direction you'd want to go. Is the the higher end? You always want to spend enough money on the thing you're if you're if you're wanting to watch TV well in this age of streaming. Don't skimp on the on the lesser box. Um, sure. Okay. That's what I would contend. It's just not worth it. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. All right, Joe. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to step out for a quick break. This is Computer Talk. Everything we've talked about has been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And uh, we're here till 11 o'clock. Uh, one line open for you. Feel free to get online. And Dennis has already found, uh, possibly, a app that'll actually record what you're streaming on your shield versus the pc it might work we're not positive screen wreck you said it was called uh no it's called play on play on the other yeah. one was screen wreck right um so we put a link up there for you there hopefully uh, that would help we also put a link to the nvidia shield if you're interested and the the thing i was alluding to was again i'm a big fan of nvidia shield it's a great streaming device it works really really well and of course it's a google operating system and now google is slapping commercial banners on the main page right in front of your face for services you don't even have, you know, you're a victim, right? When you buy the the thing, you probably agree to the EULA that says, we can go ahead and do what we want on this platform and we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> lots of Shield users are not happy about what they're doing with uh, the marketing in our faces, but it's still a great device and it works really, really well. All right, let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Jack in Glastonbury next. Jack, what's happening? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, I've got a kind of an email hack. It's some, something where, you know, sometimes you get an email from somebody and they've hijacked the person's name. Yeah. So it's not really from that person. So I got an email like that. It's called a spoof. Yeah, yes. a spoof. And I didn't realize it, but I, I was kind of, it kind of raised a question mark because it didn't look like his. Um, email address, mm -hmm. you know, but for some reason I had my guard down because there was a link in there and, and, and that was asking me to, do you know this person or this link? So I clicked on the link. Oh, no. No, so, please. So, yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. And 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 then this uh, web page came up that said, uh, it looked like the kind of web of, of security pages that come up when you go to, the, to a bad link. Right. Okay. It yeah. said, I uh, can't, uh, you know, this this uh, page doesn't exist. It was one of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I didn't think much of it because it really didn't seem to go right. where I thought it was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So I didn't worry about it. I said, oh, I'm, you know. But then I got to thinking, well, maybe that web page was created that way to make me think, you know, that it right. was. Okay. So my question is, I've got the email and I've got the 
address, the web address. Mm-hmm. Is there a way I can check Not really. that address? Not really. I would tell you to run Malwarebytes, run a tool to see if they loaded something in the background. Your instincts are correct as far as I'm concerned. When you click on a malicious link, you never know what they're doing in the background. Yeah. Right? They can either, they're doing all sorts of things to try to trick you into doing doing something, or they're going to say, oh, nothing happened. And then in the background, they've run some sort of script. Yeah, that would be my concern. Okay, so there's no way I can find out whether this uh, link, uh, there's there's nobody that has a master site that says, Oh, this link is is bad. So not not really for folks like you. Um, okay. There are organizations that will have some. Um, I want to call. I think it's called CSET or something to that effect. That does have alerts that go out that have to do with common security okay. occurrences. But I don't think it's searchable the way the, an end user would be able to search it the way you're trying to say, "Hey, I've got this particular thing." Um, okay. But there are agencies out there that are trying to track the big stuff, and they actually report on it. Um, they send out alerts to IT folks like us, like we brought up with Kaseya, right? This yeah. issue was brought up because it's an right. industry alert. So your uh, issue might be benign, and it, but it might be something. All right, just one quick question. On getting the malware bytes, you still use that method where you use another PC to put it on a, on a flash drive and then bring it over to your PC, that, which has been disconnected from the web? Look at you. That yeah. is a pretty good idea. Yeah. yeah. Jack, yeah. you've listened to the show before. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. you, you can't trust anything. So, yeah, right? So you... Go ahead and go and download on a safe computer, get the app, put it on a thumb drive, run it on your machine. Okay. Um, see All if right. it's good. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, good luck, Jack. Yep, mm-hmm. bye. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, I love it when there's a listener who knows what he's doing. Yeah, that's great. Let's go on to yet another email issue out there in uh, North Franklin with Ted. What's going on, Ted? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, how are you? So I had a similar issue. I was hacked, and um, you know, I changed everything. I got everything up and running. But the weirdest thing happens now, so for a week, I didn't see anything in my inbox. I thought, this is really weird. And then I expanded my Outlook, um, the breakdown on my iPad, and I saw all these little tabs I hadn't seen before. And one of them was conversation history, and I go, oh, I wonder what this is. Well, everything that would normally be in my inbox was there. So how do I now get stuff that would normally populate in my inbox back to that and out of that conversation history? Is there uh-huh. a workaround for that? I wonder if whoever hacked you also put in some kind of a filter that's diverting the incoming emails to a different folder. The software that you're using that's showing the conversation history is then picking that up and displaying it, even though it's been moved to another folder, but your normal Outlook view isn't showing them because they're not in your inbox folder. So what I would do is go online to the account on the web. Yeah. Uh, go into the settings for the account and see if a filter has been created. Are you and using three sixty five? How do I look for the filter? Um, what What's the uh, email service that you've got? Outlook. Using Outlook, so it is like a three sixty five service. Yeah, you'll go. You'll go yep. to outlook dot com. Yep. Through a web browser. And let's see. This is a common hack. So when people hack, when the bad guys hack 365, and and Dennis is going to look up the the tracks here, they actually want to make it so you can't see what they're doing in the background because they're actually corresponding as you um, back and forth with whoever. Maybe it's your bank. Maybe it's your lawyer. Maybe it's your accountant. And they're responding as you and telling the accountant, lawyer, or bank to wire whatever money transaction you were working on over to this place. The first thing I did that morning, it happened at a bizarre hour. Yeah. And actually our bank called us and... So everybody who had my personal email went over to an alternate email. So I, yeah. I've, I've since flushed that whole thing out. And Good. Now it's just, you know, 
just weird stuff, family stuff or friends that, right. you know, I, I don't know, but. Okay. So, All right. Go, well, I'm sorry. Go, go to go to Outlook.com and up near yep. the upper right, there will be a little cog okay. or gear. Yep. That's your settings. Click that. Yep. Scroll all the way down and see View All Outlook Settings and click that. I, I don't have it on me. I'm just writing this down. Oh, oh okay. okay. And then continue. Sorry, I'll, I'll talk a little slower so you can write. No, 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 no. I can write, <laughs> I can write and talk. I'm a salesman. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So, so you're going to yep. you're gonna go to all uh, View All Outlook Settings. Yep. Then yep. Um, in the second column of Options in a yep. box that comes up, you'll see a link called rules and you tap that Yep. and it will show you the rules that have been created. Mm-hmm. And I can uh, almost guarantee there will be one. You delete it. Okay. Yeah. There okay. should be no rules cause you didn't create any rules, but the bad yeah. guys might've right. The other yeah, thing, Ted is that out and put everything back to my inbox. It should also right. consider so enabling two factor authentication on your accounts. This is a great example yes, of I the, did that. No, no, that was the first thing I did. Good. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. So here's my second question. Well, you got to hold then, Ted, because we're coming. Hey, Ted, can you hold that yeah. second question? Coming up against a hard break. I, I got to go then. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. All right. Thanks You're welcome. Bye-bye. So Ted's going to move on. Enable two-factor authentication, folks. I can't say that enough. Enable it, enable it, enable it, enable it, enable it before they get into your account. And it's free in Microsoft. Just set it up. Enable it on all your accounts, no matter what it is. Banks, anything. Two-factor authentication is the way to go. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.